Go wild with Nation Gear's end of regular season merch madness sale. Nation Gear is offering our favorite fans 20% off all regular season merch. And we're going to give you free shipping on any orders over $200. Stock up your closet for the playoffs. Rep your team and grab that merch you've been eyeing up all season long. Don't wait. This sale only lasts from April 1st until April 7th. Shop the sale at nationgear.ca. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is the Puck Poolies Podcast with Matt Larkin and Stephen Ellis. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Puck Poolies. It's Matt Larkin here with Stephen Nellis, as always. And this is our last show for a little while before the holidays. So we figured we have to deliver with some real substance. And I, I just like the lineup we have today, Stephen. A lot of a lot of meat on the bone in terms of the advice we're going to give out today. But before we get there, as usual, what's the scoop with your team right now? Well, I lost both matchups. Uh, one of them, I played against the top team, uh, didn't have a chance against them to begin with, so that's okay. But my six-team league, I was trash-talking my opponent from the start. My projected points, I had like 200 more projected points. I lost by like 60. Um, so uh, mm. it was it was a difficult run. It was kind of like all the guys I needed to step up didn't. It was like instead of getting these you know monster 20-point nights from a guy, guys i was getting consistent threes and fours and that hurt but uh i have one one of the guys in my league i've mentioned before mariano i swear had like 40 players injured he ran out of injured reserve spots and he lost the battle he definitely should not have lost to to the last place team so it could have been worse but the team i've been chasing in for, for first in the pool uh, uh david he has now pulled away with uh basically two more wins than i have uh, and that sucks but uh you know we're gonna bounce back here uh, i just need those guys to actually show up and play hockey because they did not do a lot of that what about you you sound like rod brindamore right now just trying to you know keep the keep the vibes going try and motivate your team uh my team is just rolling now right since i powered up i've just been sort of a freight train just running through everyone and i just destroyed another team this week uh now i'm 25 games over 500 uh third overall out of 16 teams uc sorrows i i when he was slumping earlier, I was like, there's no way I'm trading him. He'll, he always has like an early season slump and then he goes just on a, a bonkers run and he's doing that right now. So my team is just rolling, but this week is a big test. I'm against the team that has a, the GM of this other team uh, works at the athletic and he's very knowledgeable. And his team has been the one I've been circling all year is like, it's really dominating. And he called me out for having a paper tiger uh, earlier last week. So I'm like, okay, this, there's a lot of pride on the line here. And 
I think he's wrong though, because he's looking at the season long roto stats at the beginning of the year when I had my seller team and I traded away everybody, my numbers weren't that great, but I've climbed out. So I might be middle of the pack in all the season long roto numbers, but I started at the bottom. So I think my team is actually a lot better than it looks in terms of looking at my player stats. So a lot to prove for my franchise right now, going into a tough matchup. And if I can win this one, then I re- I feel like I can I can win it all. If I get destroyed in this one, it'll be a big wake-up call. So I'm excited, a little nervous. We'll see where it goes. Uh, but Steven, let's get to the pickups. We have some important ones, some very actionable and high-priority pickups, I'd say, uh, in the list this week. This is the one, the, the name she got here. It feels like, yeah, the most high profile in terms of just like, it's not some guy that just kind of showed up out of nowhere. It's yeah. in some cases <laughs> players that have bounced back in a big way. So I really like this one. So let's start off with Ivan Barbashev at 61% available. Yes, Ivan Barbashev. Um, it's weird. He's been kind of ignored, it seems, by fantasy owners considering his role hasn't changed. It's not like he got kicked off the top line in Vegas. He's still on the Stanley Cup winning first line with Jack Eichel, Jonathan Marcheseau. And I think it's probably because he's got a relatively uninspiring season-long stat line, five goals, 12 points, 29 games. Obviously, you expected a lot more than that. But he's only scoring on 10.6% of his shots. And that's very important information specifically to Barbashev because he is traditionally an incredibly accurate shooter. He's had three different seasons where he shot over 23%. So 10 is extremely low for him. That's going to positively regress for sure. He's still the first-line left winger. He still plays power play two. And he's heating up six points in his last six games. And he's still averaging almost two hits per game as well. So always viable in banger formats. I think it's time to get back on the Barbashev train if you got off it. Okay. Uh, this one here, medium pickup of the week. I did not think I'd ever see Mikel Granlund ever be named as another guy to pick up. But 69% available right now. That's right. 69%. Very nice. Mikhail Granlund. And it's weird. I'm not saying this is going to last. I even wrote, none of this makes sense. <laughs> you have to ride the wave at this point because A, 14 points in his last eight games. If anyone gets 14 points in an eight-game stretch, they need to be immediately picked up in fantasy just to see where this goes. And you have to remember, Mikhail Granlund, you know, he's been maligned as sort of a bust in terms of Okay, Pittsburgh got him as a trade deadline acquisition last year. It was a disaster. But if you look at the entire scope of his career, this was one of the greatest prospects ever to come out of Finland. He was extremely hyped, first round pick, and not without talent. He has more or three different seasons where he had 60 plus points. So he has the ability to go off for certain spurts of time. It's not like he's got hands of stone. And he's currently the number two center on a San Jose team that's playing better lately. He's centering the top power play unit. He's centering the top penalty killing unit as well. He's playing so much because he's an all situations type of player, has a good hockey IQ. So he's averaging more than 20 minutes a game. So just based on that volume, he's still going to be accumulating even if the scoring rate goes way down. Like This could be another 50 or 60 point season when all is said and done. So that makes him rosterable right now, even if he's not going to continue this gangbusters run. Okay. In the deep league pickup of the week, Jason Zucker, 91% available. Yes, Jason Zucker. I just added him. I sound like I said Zucker. Zucker. I added him uh, in my own league. I just sort of noticed, hey, what's he doing out there? He's available in 91% of leagues. And that's surprising considering he is playing on the first line with Clayton Keller and Nick Schmaltz now. Four points in his last three games. We've seen in recent seasons with Barrett Hayton, whoever's on that line, it's a very important and juicy fantasy role. And I guess if I'm trying to understand why he's sort of been abandoned on the waiver wire in so many leagues, I guess it's because he missed seven out of uh, Arizona's 26 games so far. So his overall stat line isn't very impressive, 
But now we have the rule change. This guy got 27 goals last year. And he randomly, for a guy who's not particularly rough and tumble, had 197 hits last year. I don't know if he can keep up that pace, but he is at better than a hit per game. So it seems like he's still going to keep laying the body out there. And now he's playing in a really great situation. So this could be quite a valuable little piece for at least the next little while. And I think he needs to be owned in far more than 9% of leagues. Okay, I like that. And this one, WTF pickup of the week, the goalie that was supposed to be Toronto's starting goalie uh, at the beginning of the year, Ilya Samsonov, 29% available. Uh, obviously, now the Joseph Wool injured, that becomes an interesting situation for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yes, obviously is the word. It's sort of a straightforward situation. Joseph Wool's out, high ankle sprain. Sammy's back in there, and he obviously has a massive opportunity to deliver major fantasy value for at least a short period of time. He was a top 10 fantasy goalie last year, 919 save percentage. And we know it's been a struggle for him, a little bit health, but I think mainly mentally this year. But this is a great situation for a goalie who has had troubles with their confidence. I call it like the backup quarterback situation. You come in as the savior, and the pressure is different. When you're coming in just to help because someone got hurt, the expectation that comes with it is not as high as if you're being dependent upon to be the number one. It's the same environment in which Jack Campbell thrived with the Leafs when he was coming in to relieve Frederick Anderson. As soon as Campbell was asked to be the guy, that's when he kind of struggled. So in this situation, you have Sammy coming in to a relatively low-pressure environment. He still has Martin Jones, very experienced guy on the team to back him up as well. And we're already seeing signs that it's going to work with Samsonov. Got a shutout in his last game, three really strong performances in his last three outings. So it's possible that this is a bit of a boon for the Leafs, assuming Joseph Wall isn't out too long, if it can kind of activate Samsonov's confidence and then you have a really strong tandem again down the road. It's good for the team and for you in fantasy. It just means Samsonov is someone you can ride and might be able to really help you, especially in the wins category in the short term. It'll be interesting because you look at Martin Jones getting called up and he has had a pretty not great year in the AHL, um, basically the third goalie on that team. Now he's been the call up when they've needed an extra goalie, but that's an interesting one because uh, you know he's an NHL caliber uh, goaltender. Um, last year, obviously played all those games, actually had one of his better pro seasons with Seattle. You look at the stats, Never exactly great, but in these pinch situations, there's a reason why the Leafs signed him. And it's, it's now. Yeah, you're totally right. And it's a testament to the randomness of goaltending that mm -hmm. Martin Jones could come in and immediately get a win. And would it surprise anyone if he randomly, over the next two months, goes like, you know, six and one with a 934 save percentage and suddenly is on fire and really helps out in relief of Samson. It's like if Alex Lyon is suddenly God and Connor Andrew is amazing, Charlie Lincoln, the list goes on and on. Why not Martin Jones? Like, goaltending is friggin' random, man. <laughs> it's why scouting goalies is pointless. At this it point. is. Like, you don't know what's going to happen. Okay, big goalie, probably better chance than small goalie. But yeah. then how do you compare big goalie to big goalie? It's like at this point, it's, it's I don't know. Let's stop talking about goalies. Let's talk about, uh, well, what do you want to talk about? Okay, we're going to do a special segment uh, because this is our last episode before we go on a little holiday. Well, holiday for me and World Juniors, juniors for Steven. So Steven's going to be working like twice as hard while I'm not working at all, which is a fair division of labor. Uh, but we're going to call this the holiday gift segment for fantasy, okay? So I'm going to have three different categories, Stephen, in terms of types of gifts. And I'm going to use uh, name a few different examples in terms of pickups or trade targets or sell highs that go along with whatever these gift categories are. 
All right, let's start with a pair of stocking stuffers. And I feel like we're going to talk about Charlie Lindgren a lot in this episode. So him and then Jared Spurgeon. Yes. So these are, I call them stocking stuffers because, you know, the price point, they're they're lower owned. You don't have to spend a lot to get them. They're the kind of presents you open on Christmas Eve, not Christmas Day, for example. Uh, so Charlie Lindgren available in, uh, or available in, owned in only 28% of leagues, I should say. So he's available in 72%. And currently sitting at a 931 save percentage with two shutouts. And he's second in the league among all, all goalies, all qualified goalies and goals saved above average per 60 minutes, second. So only Alex Lyon on a per start basis has been better than Charlie Lindgren. So if you're in a league that counts rate stats for goalies, then he's someone who can really help you. Just as a short-term pickup, a stopgap, he's just playing the best hockey of his career right now. And he's had these moments before when he first came up with the Habs. He was great in the AHL, had some moments with St. Louis too. So it's not like he's incapable of sustaining a run like this for a little bit longer. So I like that as a short-term solution. And the other stocking stuffer, Jared Spurgeon, defenseman, the captain of the Minnesota Wild, he is available in 65% of leagues. And yes, he's a boring veteran, sure. But he is a massive asset in the blocks category. Like he's an absolute block machine. And he's also playing on the top power play unit. You don't necessarily associate Jared Spurgeon with being an elite offensive defenseman, but he scored double-digit goals in six different seasons of his career. He has none right now. I think that's going to change. So he actually, to me, is not just a pickup, but a buy low as a stocking stuffer. All right, I like that one. And uh, with Spurgeon, it's you know he's number forty-six, and uh, why that matters? That's my favorite number. It's a pretty unique number, so I always cheer for the forty-six. All right, gifts for them, also known as some sell highs. Yes, I'm calling them gifts for them because these are things you you don't want to receive. These you want to give them. <laughs> hint, hint. Okay, because they're sell highs, so you want to pawn these assets off and pretend you're giving another GM a gift. So one is Sam Reinhart of the Florida Panthers having an incredible contract year on pace for 112 points and has really just been so good in every facet. He's a legitimate heart trophy candidate at the moment, does a little bit of everything well, but he's scoring on more than 25% of his shots. It's just not sustainable. And to me, you have to see if there's an opportunity. If you own Sam Reinhart, you might be able to get a really good player uh, for him, someone who is closer to a superstar grade but just a little bit struggling a little bit and we'll get to an example of who you might be able to trade him for in a little bit but to me you just got to try and cash in on this unbelievable season because i just can't see sam reinhardt who's never been better than a point per game type of player at his absolute best suddenly being a 112 point player it's just it's not going to last all season long okay i like that and oh wait what, sorry i forgot to do oh. michael carconi as well you did okay is he carconi or carsoni i think he's carconi but carconi is what the world championship uh, announcers were saying okay yeah so carconi uh he's got 13 goals in 25 games but this is the one of the flukiest goal scoring runs i can remember he is scoring on 34.2 percent of his shots he plays on the third line. He doesn't even play on the second power play unit, let alone the first. So he's not on special teams. He's not a top six forward. He's just randomly scoring once every three shots. It's impossible to sustain this. So if you can get literally anything for him, like any, just name a hockey player. And if if you think the hockey player is okay, like, yeah, yeah, then offer Michael Carconi for that player because this is impossible to sustain. So please pedal this gift like a fruitcake. Would you trade him for Jake Bean? Sure. Does Jake, Jake I mean, is Jake Bean healthy? He is, but he's he's on a 23-game point list streak. Why not? Sure. 
Sure. Okay. I like that one. Uh, and it's your wish list time with, with uh, a guy I traded away and Cole Caulfield. Yes. I forgot to chirp Steven about Matthew Kachuk at the beginning of the episode. He traded Matthew Kachuk for Brad Marchand. I think Steven got taken for a sucker in that deal. And Matthew Kachuk, this is someone that I would be tr trying to get for Sam Reinhardt because there's a fear right now that Kachuk is playing hurt. And what you need to do is take that and sell the other owner on that fear. What? What happened to the sternum? Is he not himself? Because if he was really playing with that much pain, he hasn't missed a game. The Florida Panthers were without Aaron Eckblad and Brandon Montour. They didn't make them play through injuries for the first couple months of the season, right? So I think if Matthew Kachuk was truly hurt, we would know about it. He's scoring on 4.8% of his shots. That's going to regress. He's been arguably the least lucky player in the entire league. He's the anti-Michael Carcone. So I love Kachuk as my pretty much favorite by low target in the entire league. So just go do what this other GM apparently did to Steven and go fleece them. Get yeah, Matthew Kachuk. Want to talk about how well he did this past week? Lost him a bunch of points this week. Guess what Marshawn did? He was my top scorer. I'm sure, yeah. See, exactly. You're you're drinking the Kool-Aid. This is exactly what that other owner wants you to be saying right now. And right, and whoever that is, is laughing, knowing that they swindled Kachuk you. Chuck wasn't even good enough to be in my lineup. Yeah, I, I get lineup. He was not good enough to be in my lineup. But it's not about what he's done. It's about what he's going to do. Sure. Oh, so, yeah. Okay. I would love to start seeing that soon. And the, well, you won't because he's no longer on your team. Okay? No, that's why. No, I don't have to worry about it. He, it's not relevant. It's a you know, he's there's a reason I made the trade. This is this will be a good a good thing to to revisit throughout the course of the season. Sure. Now, hopefully, a great excuse for, you, for me to make fun of Stephen a whole bunch. I just picked up Travis Konechny. He's got more points than Kachuk does. <laughs> like plenty of players do, but we'll see where it goes. Uh, Cole Caulfield, another player in a similar category as someone that would be on my wish list. He actually isn't playing badly. He's been fine as a playmaker. It's just the goal total is way lower than we expected it to be. Seven goals in, in 27 games, I believe it is. Um, but he's only scoring on 6.9% of his shots. He's still shooting the puck a ton. He's got 102 shots in 27 games. So he's not that far away from four shots a game. Eventually, more of those are going to go in. And the rest of his game has been fine. So I do think we're going to see a major surge from Cole Caulfield in the second half. So I love him as a buy low target right now. Put him on your wish list. Okay, I do. Uh, we, we talked about him potentially getting 50 goals this year, maybe even challenging for the scoring lead. And while it's not looking like that's going to happen, I he's ready to explode. He really is. So that's that. All right. Who is our guest today? Okay. It's a first time guest on Puck Pooley, someone whose work we've admired for a long time. It's from the NHL, Anna Dua. Okay. Next up on this jam packed, it really is a jam packed episode that we have today. We have a very special guest, someone who we've been on her show before. It's her first time that she's coming on Puck Pooley's. Anna Dua is here from NHL Network, NHL Fantasy, sports host and reporter, and of course, co host of the great podcast, NHL Fantasy on Ice. Anna, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me, guys. It's an absolute pleasure. You're one of the best experts in the biz. And I actually got my first chance to sort of compete against you when we did that mock draft. I'm pretty sure we were drafting really close to each other, if I remember the draft order correctly. So I'm excited to get some expertise to share with our listeners on the show. But first, I want to start a little general. I always like to ask this whenever we have a first-time guest on the show. And I'm curious, you've been in the game, around the game, played the game for a long time. But your actual relationship to fantasy, is that something that came later in your hockey fandom or were you always into the fantasy side of the game? 
It came a little bit later, but once I got into it, I got really hooked just because I wasn't a huge like fan of one team growing up. I really liked the sport a lot and I would have favorite players. I always said I had a player I really liked and a player I did not like on every single team in the NHL. And then when I kind of found fantasy hockey, I was like, this is like the best of both worlds. So I can just have all these guys I like on my fantasy team be like a mock GM and get to watch all the games across the NHL and have like a reason to. Otherwise, I didn't before. So once I got into it, I was definitely hooked. So you were a serious hockey player, played at the University of Virginia. But if you were to put your playing style in a fancy context, who would you compare your, your game to? I was thinking about this, okay, because it's tough. So I played center. Face-offs were kind of my thing. So I'm hoping if you had me on your roster, you're in a league that counts face-offs. Otherwise, I'm not of much use to you. <laughs> so definitely a category coverage gal. And then I did rack up my fair share of penalty minutes as well. So my answer is Vincent Trocek for the New York oh, Rangers. Wow. He's been doing good in the dot, has a decent amount of penalty minutes, but he's a big assist guy, has a couple of goals, and that's how I kind of played too. I was definitely no Austin Math to use but i like to think i could pass pretty well i like the vinnie trocek reference one of the most underrated fantasy commodity a little bit of everything the combo meal king which is sort of foreshadowing to one of our questions <laughs> later when we're talking about combo meals if i was a, a a fantasy commodity my best contribution would be uh times being chosen to serve the penalty by the coach that shows you where i where i, I sat on the food chain on my house league teams it was like hey larkin goalie took a penalty you're out and i i always had to serve so clearly i was highly regarded um, so, and I want to talk now more specifics about fantasy and get some, some expertise from you. Um, if we look now relative to draft position, we're sort of reaching the, I guess it's a third and fantasy wise, it's almost halfway point of the season. Now, do you have a fantasy MVP relative to where they've been, where they were going at the start of the year? I feel like this has to kind of be like the unanimous answer. And I'm kind of curious if anyone disagrees, but it's got to be Brock Besser right now in terms of where he was drafted. He has the same amount of goals as Austin Matthews tied for the second most goals in the NHL right now this season. And I keep waiting for him to fall off. Like I really do. But then even in this last little stretch he's had, the guy's like scoring night after night and I'm waiting for the end to come. It's not coming. Most people probably didn't even draft him in their leagues and look at him right now. He's like a top 20 player in fantasy and it's absolutely unreal that he's keeping this pace up. So it's a no brainer in my eyes. Going back to kind of the fantasy hockey, like comparing yourself question, I guess who, who my, my hockey career was, I scored a lot of goals one year and then I became you. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. 
If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Useless and became a goon at the end. Who, was a good com- who would be a comparable for that? Jonathan Hubert. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> or uh, maybe if you're talking about trend, like Austin Watson was a guy who was a first round pick and who realized I'm not going to make it. I'm just going to become a goon now. Like he yeah. changed who he was. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that's fair. I was like, I, I did some cheat, my f- fair share of Chris Simon style. <laughs> there was that. But I guess going to the opposite of your, your MVP, who's your LVP, your least valuable player compared to their draft position? Uh, I'm going to have to go with like one of the biggest names of the offseason, and everyone was curious as to how he would fit with this team. Eric Carlson was Ooh. at the top of my defenseman ranks. I'll admit it. A lot of folks had them way up at the top of their defenseman ranks in fantasy heading into this year, and he just hasn't performed to the level you wanted to see him perform, and a lot of people probably drafted him pretty high. He's outside of the top 100 right now in fantasy. Only one assist in his past six games as of this Monday, so it's just not looking like a good fit Pittsburgh as a whole team is just not looking great in the Metro right now guys I don't know if they're going to be able to climb back and make the postseason and it's just it's just not looking good for Eric Carlson yeah it's it's scary just wondering what do you do if you're Pittsburgh you 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 sort of went all in with everything Kyle Dubas did and and they're just not gaining any traction it's hard to believe and Eric Carlson I, I do wonder last year too uh, I always had a feeling he was chasing the points and because you could see how bad his defensive numbers were. So I think he knew he had that milestone within sight and he was just sort of going all out for offense and obviously can't do that on a team that's, that's trying to contend this year. So it kind of makes sense in hindsight why the numbers are on the way down. Uh, I'm curious, Anna, do you have, because I think, we're, you know, like I said, we're getting close to the halfway point of the season. It's a good time to sort of see if you can make some big moves if you need a shake up. So do you have a number one buy low trade target at the moment. So if you know me, this is not going to be a shocking answer whatsoever because I'm incredibly high on this player. And I think the only reason he is a buy low target right now is because one, people are not watching him close enough Two, his team is going through a little bit of slump three. He's been hit with one of the worst stretches of luck I've ever seen in my entire life this year. And that's Andre Sveshnikov for the Carolina Hurricanes. He's injured right now as we speak. Once again, has a mysterious upper body injury. The guy tore his ACL, comes back. I remember in his first practice with a non contact jersey gets hit in the face of the puck has to get stitched up and he just can't catch a break but when I look at his numbers a lot of people expect this guy to be a go-to goal scorer in their fantasy team only has one goal so far in 16 games this season but he has 11 points in the span and if you look at his shot volume it's four five six shots every single night that he's out on the ice the Hurricanes are slumping right now. They don't look like themselves. And I expect that they're going to turn it around shortly just because they're such a stacked team. Lead the NHL in offensive zone time this season. Consistently are the team with the most shots on goal per game. Consistently are the team with the fewest shots on goal allowed per game. So all their metrics look really good. They just haven't gotten that lucky break. And I think when they do and when he's back in their lineup, he's just going to go on a little bit of heater. But you can probably get him for a pretty decent price right now because a lot of people might have lost faith. Mm. All right. I like that one. So I traded for Joseph Wool a couple weeks ago in my pool. Not looking so good, uh, given his injury. I went to go pick up, you know, Samson off. I know it's been a so-so year for him, but he was taken. So for people in the same situation as me, who are some low-owned goalies to target? My goodness. I mean, Toronto can't catch a break, right? Oh. With the whole Otani thing. And then now Joseph oh, Wolf. Don't talk about that. No, it hurts so bad. 
It hurts so bad. It does hurt bad. I'm also from Toronto, so I also feel your pain right now. But my goodness, that city just needs some luck to turn around. But speaking of goalies that I think you could pick up in that situation, Charlie Lindgren for the Washington Capitals is the name that sticks out to me right now. Like He's readily available in a lot of leagues, and it's a no-brainer for me because look at where the Caps are in the standing. They looked abysmal at the beginning of the season. And truly, I think it's Charlie Lindgren that has gotten them to the point where they look semi-decent right now because none of their offensive players like Alex Ovechkin isn't having a great year. None of those guys are having a great year. Nicholas Backstrom is out and it's really Charlie Lindgren. He had a shout out against the New York Rangers who look like one of the strongest teams in the league this year. And night after night, he's putting up pretty decent numbers and keeping Washington in the mix. So as long as he keeps this going, especially for a short-term streaming option, he's my go-to guy in the crease right now. I couldn't agree more, Anna. And we actually had earlier in the show a segment on stocking stuffers and sort of lesser owned players and Lindgren was one of the stocking stuffers. I am a Charlie Lindgren owner. He's been keeping me afloat as well. So I'm totally with you on that one. And now we'll see if I'm totally with you on the next question. I, I'm dying to ask this one. So you had an electrifying tweet the other day in which you mentioned that your favorite thing at McDonald's is a burger with no burger. So I need to I need to know what this what what this looks like, why it's good, and let's just let's just see where this goes. Okay, so I'm known for my terrible food takes. This is not the first one. I just don't think I'm very cultured. Ironically enough, like a lot of the stuff I do for the NHL involves food. So it seems like poor choosing <laughs> on their part to let me be like the go-to food person with as bad of a taste in food as I have. Also, that tweet was like posted at like one in the morning, so it was freshly <laughs> off of me ordering one of these cheeseburgers with no burgers, but it's good like the buns at mcdonald's are good which is like my first start because i could just get a grilled cheese but you can't order a grilled mm. cheese on a burger bun and i'm not in the mood for like toasted bread but in this situation you get like cheese you get some pickles you get some like little like onions you can get some ketchup and mayo on it and then i don't feel like as bad about myself because there's no burger in there it's just a quick little snack and yeah, it's truly just like the bun and the cheese. Like if someone offered me grilled cheese on a burger bun, mm. I would do that. And I feel like it would also be a hit. I think it's just controversial because the only way you can order it is by saying, I want a cheeseburger with no burger, which just sounds stupid. Okay. So, so I can just say, I used to work the overnights when I was in high school at McDonald's and that was a very common order. Was um, it actually? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. There were, there was a couple, we get orders where it'd be like, can I have like just five buns? Just five of them or, or like, can you cut the burger into thirds and stuff like that? So this order doesn't sound any stupider than the ones I would get at two in the morning. I like that. That makes me feel better about myself. It really does. <laughs> and I, I, I can see the rationale. As soon as you said grilled cheese, it really changed the connotation. And I, I can picture it. I understand it now. And I'm one to talk. I have my own custom uh, item at mcdonald's as well as someone who's no stranger to the 3 a.m mcdonald's mine's called the shame combo you get a full double quarter pounder meal then you get a you get a, an extra order of mcnuggets then you order two drinks because you're ashamed that's all for you and you just want them to think it's for two people but it's it's just all for you that's my combo the shame combo when, when i can tell you i i've not ordered food ever since i worked there because i am terrified of the things i saw in there especially <laughs> don't the spoil it. and that's another reason that's another reason why i don't get the burger because like i'm from canada and like I just trust the food in Canada more than I trust the food in America. And so I come down here and I try to limit, I try to limit my exposure as much as I can. I feel like maybe I would consider ordering a real cheeseburger if it was from a Canadian McDonald's. <laughs> That's fair. If only, if only Shohei Otani trusted the Canadian food 
as much as he trusts the American food, but I, I can't, that could be a whole other podcast, of course. Uh, Anna, this is great, great insight. And especially I, I love the burger take now that I understand it. Uh, pleasure to have you on. And before we let you go, is there anything that you want to plug right now in terms of what you're working on? Yeah. So a lot of podcast content over at the NHL, the NHL fantasy on ice podcast comes out every single Monday and every single Thursday. So we did a waiver wire episode that's going to be out today on Monday. And then we're doing our mailbag episode that's out on Thursdays. And also we have an action network collab that also comes out every single Monday that high up on too, for sure. And other than that, you can still catch me on the NHL network all over the NHL and MSG networks covering some devil's games this season as well. Awesome stuff, Anna. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Great insights from Anna, and we'll be sure to have her back for more fantasy advice, and I just want to hear some more of those food takes, which are very intriguing. Uh, Stephen, let's talk prospects now. You obviously uh, have your finger on the pulse of the upcoming World Juniors. You've been at Canada's camp already. You're keeping an eye on every other nation's camp, and I know you have a close eye on someone from Team USA. So what do you have to say in terms of long-term fantasy potential for Jacob Fowler? All right. Well, first off, Jacob Jacob Vrana was a name that was mentioned that was going on waivers earlier today. It's been reported he will not be put on waivers. So, Ooh. interesting, interesting storyline. Uh, we are recording on a Monday, in case you couldn't tell. Um, Jacob Fowler, Montreal Canadiens, a guy that I think is going to turn a lot of heads as someone who might even be uh, USA's World Junior starting goalie. And I'll be at camp later this week to see how he does. But it's an interesting situation where if you look at uh, who was it? Uh, Trey Augustine, who's the starting goalie from last year's World Junior team. One of the top goalie prospects in the world right now, Detroit Red Wings goalie. Having a good season of college, but do you know who's having a great season of college? That is Jacob Fowler, who with the Boston College, he's 13-3-1 with a shutout and a .925 save percentage. It was like a, nine, a .932 up until his last start where he allowed a bunch of goals in. But otherwise, he is one of the best goalies you'll find in the college level. And he's a freshman, which is interesting. 19 years old, he was outstanding at the World Junior Summer Showcase. He was the best goalie at the World Junior A Challenge last year, which, you know, there weren't a hot, lot of high-end goalies, but he and the Americans did win that tournament, but he stood out. He was one of the best players. He's the best goal in the USHL. All he's doing is just proving he's the best goalie everywhere he plays, sort of like Dustin Wolf. The big difference between Dustin Wolf and Jacob Fowler. Jacob Fowler is 6'2", but looks much bigger because he's over 220 pounds. I wrote in the summer that this could be the guy that's Montreal Canadiens starting goalie of the future. And I do truly believe that it's hard to be the true replacement to Carey Price. And I wrote that and people were like, well, well, Carey Price could come back. He is not. But Jacob Fowler, it's, you know, probably we look at Caden Primo was a highly rated goalie prospect at one point. I think Jacob Fowler is a better goalie at the same age than what we've seen um, from Caden Primo. So keep an eye out for him. Uh, He's a good size, moves really well. Drafted 69th overall by the Montreal Canadiens. I think he's going to be a very nice player for them in the future. Yeah, I think you're bang on. And I think you can sort of read the tea leaves and see what the long-term plan is for Ken Hughes there. I think with Sam Montembeau extended, I'm envisioning a tandem kind of down the road of Montembeau being the veteran and then Fowler coming in there. If it turns out to not be Primo as the guy, and I think Jake Allen is someone who's probably going to get traded this year. So I think that's bang on as someone to watch very closely in, in dynasty formats. Uh, Steven, it's time for oh, our. Well, oh, this. You mentioned earlier about goaltenders being just completely random. Like Samuel Montembeau was picked up on waivers by the Canadians and yeah. he's a starting goalie. And statistically, this year is a top 10 goalie in some categories. Like, you never know. You truly never know. It's just, it's, and it feels like it gets even more random every year. It's just, 
it's it's exhausting but in a way it's freeing if you just realize don't don't waste your time trying to to speculate too much because you can just react every year and find whoever the next flavor of the year is going to be so it's kind of it's a golden age for zero goalie drafters if you will mm -hmm. yeah so we're going to move on to our best bet of the week steven and it's weird i feel like i've been doing a lot of gimmicky bets lately and i'm going to continue this trend of gimmicky bets i don't think i'm as hot as i was last year but let's see if i can get back on track we have a Connor McDavid versus Connor Bedard showdown Tuesday night at 10 p.m. Eastern. It's like, come on. You're going to have the two Connors. It's not going to be available for anyone to watch till 10 o'clock Eastern. And even in Edmonton, it's an 8 o'clock start. It's not great for them either. I don't understand the rationale there, but I digress. Um, I'm, I'm a believer in, obviously, the sublime talents of both players here. But in terms of just their competitiveness and the possibility of wanting to one-up each other in this first meeting, um, the Oilers are absolutely on fire. They've won seven straight games as of Sunday night. I think they're going to take it to a, a struggling and, and undermanned Chicago team. So that alone should puff up McDavid's numbers. I think there's a great chance of a goal for him. And then if the Hawks, eventually the score effects are going to come into play, they'll be playing a lot of catch-up and probably getting a lot of chances later in the game. So I think Connor Bedard can find the twine as well. So I like the idea of an anytime goal bet on both Connors for Tuesday night. You're really bold, you know, thinking these two guys are really yes. active players. That's Hot that's bold. Bedard McDavid, good. You heard it here first. You know, check out dailyfaceoff.com. It's a good story <laughs> talking about this game. So I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. Um, you know, I, it's it's kind of it's a late game. I don't appreciate that, especially at the World Junior Camp the next morning. But you know, it's hey, it's worth staying up for. I'd say. That's right. Must see TV. Uh, right, so let's, do some let's go to some questions now, Stephen. What do we have? All right, Danica Redstone starts off with saying, the Sharks are finally playing well. Any pickups you'd suggest? And we've already named one. Yes, that's right. So we talked about Mikhail Granlund, and, but there are some others that warrant some consideration. So William Eklund would be the first name I look to other than Granlund. Uh, I would say he's probably their second best forward prospect other than Will Smith at the moment. And Eklund is getting some exciting deployment. He's getting a look on the top power play unit. He's getting a look on the top line as well. Five points in his last four games. And uh, Eklund also a player with some solid two-way acumen. He's getting a little bit of penalty killing time. So he's got 25 blocks as a forward in 27 games. It's a really nice little bonus stat for him as well. So in terms of just based on long-term pedigree, uh, if you look at all the Sharks that are suddenly kind of hot lately, Eklund has the most long-term upside just given his youth and his generally being fairly highly regarded as a prospect. So he'd be the one that interests me, interests me the most. Also, Fabian Zetterland, who was one of the pieces, the kind of throwaway pieces that came over in the Timo Meyer trade with New Jersey last year, has eight goals playing on the top power play unit. I don't know how sustainable it is, but if you're if you're in a really deep league and just want to kind of ride the wave similarly to what you're doing with, with Granlund, he's worth a look as well. I will add that Eklund did miss the game on Sunday with a lower body injury, but we don't know how the extent of that. But um, I, I do agree that he will be a guy when he's fully healthy to keep an eye on for sure. Yes. As long um, as there's nothing serious, then absolutely good. Very yeah. good. Point. Yes. So we don't, we don't know the situation here, but it sounds like it was a late scratch. So who knows? Uh, next question comes from Taylor gray, Dylan cousins by low, not as good as we expected this year, but the Sabres are getting healthier. And I wonder if it's worth taking a flyer on him. Yeah. With a player of, cousins pedigree i generally would say yes it's worth a buy low you want to bet on the talent and had a, a big breakout last year almost had 70 points more than 30 goals big center big part of buffalo's long-term plans is their number two center uh right now 
I'm seeing a really low shooting percentage, but with Cousins, it's not a situation where he's the sniper. He wasn't ever a high percentage shooter, like so, or at least has not been so far in his career. So we can't really guarantee on a big rebound in the shooting percentage. I look at his play driving metrics. They are down from his breakout year, but they're better than the year before. So they're still the second best play driving rates of his career. So it's more, is he going to be a 50 point player this year instead of an almost 70 point player? I would say it's worth a flyer for sure, but there are still enough concerning signs that I wouldn't want to pay more than say 75 cents on the dollar. So make the offer sure, but just be a little bit careful. Okay. I like it. All right. Uh, I guess we're doing some, uh, some starting lineup now. Yes, we are Steven. Uh, we on daily faceoff recently had a great piece on the best uh, alternate jerseys in the nhl and sort of got my mind wandering to other things that are fun to rank in terms of just uh, elements that are artistic around the nhl and one of those of course is mascots so i'm curious who are your favorite mascots in the nhl for this week's starting lineup there are some lame mascots in the nhl when i was doing my research on this because i had a few that i thought of i'm like okay but you know it's kind of a difficult after like number four or five so what am i looking at here and there are some lame mascots you look at some minor league ones and you're looking at like absolute demonic terrifying looking designs Mm -hmm. and i love that and that's kind of what you'll you'll see a few of the crazier (laughs) stupider looking ones will show up on this list number six stinger the columbus blue jackets Love the green. Doesn't match anything in their logos or their jersey. Uh, it's like a big bug. I love it. I, you know, again, I love mascots that make very little sense in terms of the visual aspects. It works. It's terrifying looking. I would not want to be stuck in a corner with that guy. Gritty, number five. I know like that's probably near everyone's top five. I just feel like I kind of, it's kind of been, I don't know. The, the fun of it has past uh he's he's still a great mascot no question about it still one of the best uh i just kind of i think with how much we saw him and how big of a deal he was when he first came out uh i think it kind of wore down on me a little bit the new jersey devil uh it just makes sense he looks badass and they also do a really good job with him online uh they they count for new jersey devil uh very active in the community respond to fans and also really big in nhl video games fun fact thunderbug tampa's Again, looks goofy. Makes no sense to me. <laughs> Name is good enough. I love my, I love those. I love it. It works great. Saw it in the cup final a few years ago. No complaints. Number two, Tommy Hawk. He was a character I always seemed to score with in the NHL video games. You could play as mascots in uh, NHL threes, and I loved using him. Uh, just seemed to be fast. Uh, no, nothing crazy in the design. Just looks cool. I Again, a, a bird that wouldn't want to mess with looks tough and and that works but number one iceberg pittsburgh's mascot i don't know who designed that i don't know what drugs they were on I, did they do it completely blind i'm not sure it is terrifying and it's hilarious <laughs> <laughs> and the, the the wilkes bar scranton one is like the same thing it's like another scary looking dude and uh i just think every time i laugh at or look at him i laugh um do you remember the there was a, tw- a couple tweets going around uh in the summer and it was like looking at AI designed mascots. Yeah. I wish a lot of those came true because some of those were <laughs> just like, what in the world are we looking at? Yeah. And that's why Iceberg, it feels like he was one of those AI designed ones. We're just like, what? It's great. I have not seen it in person, but I want to. And Iceberg immortalized by fighting Jean-Claude Van Damme to the death. Yes. yes. Death, and gives him a pretty tough fight. So 
you got to give respect to Iceberg for that as well. For me, what makes Gritty special is I feel like Gritty's the only mascot, maybe even in all of sports, where I I forget that Gritty's not a real person. Like in my mind, Gritty is this like being who's just walking around like I'm Gritty, like he, but he's not. There's just a person in there, and I feel like maybe other than the Philly fanatic, which again another Philly mascot, I can't think of another mascot that that subconsciously convinced me they were just a real entity. So I think he gets huge points for that. Oh, that remember sense. remember there was the Calgary Flames had like their the AHL mascot that was like the most terrifying looking thing ever. Yes. I forgot what that thing was called. That was good. So I just, I, I once got to be a mascot for a game and it was one game for a reason. I'll never do that again. <laughs> yeah. I hear it's pretty hot in there. Not oh, it is. It is. And yeah. they never clean those things. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, I like the breakdown, Steven. I like the rationale and that's it for this week's episode. Hopefully this advice will tide you over, uh, over the holiday season. We'll be back in early January after the world juniors because we're going to want to give you some keeper league dynasty format type of spin based on what we see at that tournament so we'll see you in january hopefully you have a really fun and safe holiday season thank you for listening and watching